Live from the studios of KTAR News 92.3 FM, it's the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show with Brian Whitfield. Everything you need to know to grow. Call Brian with your questions at 602-277-5827. That's 602-277-5827. The Whitfield Nursery Garden Show, now on KTAR News 92.3 FM and the KTAR News app. Well, good morning, folks. Here we go. It's our second hour in a beautiful morning. A little especially beautiful looking out the windows here from the nice air-conditioned studios at KTAR. We have Shira here on Phones and Music. Give her a call. The number to call is 602-277-5827. 277-KTR. We can talk about the landscape of your dreams, your nightmares. If you're doing something different at home, if you've got some fun kind of new plant or a different style or way to do things, we'd love to hear from you. The number once more, 602 277 5827. Paul in Queen Creek, good morning. Good morning, sir. Hello, Paul. Um, I have, a, I have a, a citrus tree that's very mature. It's been, I don't know, on the ground 10 plus years. And uh, it lost its leaves prematurely last winter. And quite frankly, it hasn't had a lot of leaves on it all summer. But it's trying to come back. I've been, we first thought that uh, I neglected it with water. And it did that, and it was just having a hard time. And but I think I, I saw something just recently um, that I think it it also is contributing. It's like a a fungus or something at the bottom of the tree. I was wondering if there was if you had any recommendations how I can help this thing overcome this because it looks like it's it's trying to overcome it. There's a lot of small leaves all over the whole tree. Okay, like uh, there's no big. Dead spots or anything, but it's having a hard time. What do you say? It's a lemon tree, Paul? No, it's a sisu tree. Oh, sisu tree. Wow, that's that's really hard to hurt a sisu tree. So let's. Uh, so then, I've never seen the sisus be bothered by fungus before. So I wouldn't really? think that would be the problem. Have you used any weed killers in your yard? No, no. I live in an old orchard out mm-hmm. Queen Creek, okay. and so I would. I'd have to use a lot of that stuff. To okay, do. so you've never used it. So there's no chemical it would have picked up. And it's you, you live in an old orchard. Is it getting watered along with your orchard? Or how's it getting watered? I'm sorry. How is the tree being watered? Uh, irrigation. Flood and irrigation. I'm, I'm sorry. It, I'm, maybe, maybe I misspoke again. It's a sisu tree. Yeah, not like a citrus. A, yeah, Dalbergia sisu tree. I'm actually okay, looking yeah, at one right out the window right here. So it's a big, okay. usually big, fast, real vigorous tree. Okay, and and normally if you had it on the same water cycle as your citrus, that should just rock and roll and be happy. And what's even more weird is probably twenty feet from it is its brother. We'll call it because I planted it at the same mm-hmm. time, and it's perfect. Okay. Do you have any gophers? Mm, yeah. <laughs> you know, if you had a lot of gophers that just happened to really chomp the roots on this one tree, uh, that's about the only thing I could see that would be different. You know, we have a you know, you know pretty homogenous crop where you're growing the citrus and everything on the same water, and it shouldn't have to have as much water as a citrus tree. So I'd kill the gopher and fertilize it. In the meantime, uh, you know, I just if you took a hose out there and ran some extra water to it, you're not going to overwater it. You know, if you that's water it real trying. heavy with a hose yeah. once a week and throw some fertilizer on, how big a diameter is a trunk? Oh, it's a good 
10, 12 okay. inches diameter. So throw about five big. five pounds or so of citrus food around it and okay. just go all around the tree. Throw a hose, like a soaker hose there, soak it overnight. See if that gopher doesn't come out pretty close to the trunk in there somewhere and kill that booger. Okay, we'll try. Yeah, you can get them. I mean, you, you start off with the juicy fruit bubble gum. Yeah, then you can use the mechanical traps, and you can use flares. And if it gets bad enough, just go out and rent Caddyshack and get you some plastic explosive. <laughs> yeah, we've t- I've tried just about everything. You can move them around the yard. You know, I have an acre and three quarters, so mm-hmm. you can move them around, but you really can't kill them all. But we'll, we'll get Paul, this one away from there. I'll tell you how my grandfather killed all the ones in the orange grove at our nursery at Glendale Avenue. He had an old Willis car, and it was funny because we were just moving something, and I had one of his old chef books pop up, and it had a picture of the Willis car he used to have. It was a Willis Overland. And he just ran off the exhaust pipe with a piece of metal pipe and ran yeah. it down their holes and, and smoked them all out with the Willis car and, and got rid of them all that way. So you, if wow. you stay after them, you know, you can gas them and you, you can get rid of them. But, you know, they do take some work, and they don't know how to die with dignity. They're sneaky little guys, and they want to live. But, uh, you know, if you'll stay after them, you'll get them. All right, well, thank you. Uh, I was afraid it was the fungus, but maybe no, we'll just, fungus. I've never seen fungus bother a sissu. Uh, there are fungus okay. on citruses, but you know, at any rate, if you'll just get rid of the gophers and fertilize it and give it some extra water, it'll come right out. They generate roots right. really fast. I mean, it'll, it'll come back faster than a citrus would. Well, thank you, sir. Thanks, Paul. Bye bye. Uh, let's see. Next up, we have Julie in surprise. Hi, Julie. Hi. Good morning. How are you? Very fine. Thanks for asking, Julie. Good, good. Hey, I'm calling regarding my lemon tree. One of the brands has maybe hundreds of, like, lemons in there, uh-huh. and it, like, snaps. I was wondering what would you recommend today? Cut I would it prune or? it off. I would prune it back, take off the weight, take off the fruit. You know, lemons can produce so much fruit that the trees just break down. So, and you know what? The lemons might be big enough on some of it right now to, to, to even use some of them. But if you'll just take off take off some of the weight or some of the branch, and then when you start harvesting lemons, you can start harvesting them in, in September. Start with that branch and get those off there first. But if you let the branch bend down and break, it will break, and then you'll have to prune the whole limb off. So take some of the, take some of the fruit, some of the weight off the branch right now. Okay, yeah, it's really, I mean, it's so green and really hard. I don't think it's time to pick it yet. Well, no, but you know what's funny is the ones in the store, they'll start harvesting them here in uh, in September. They used to even harvest some of them in August. and They gas them in the store to change their color. So your lemons that you'll have on your tree will be as good as the ones in store by September. All right. Okay, thank you so much. Thanks, Julie. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Uh, Julie and Chandler, this is a Julie kind of day. Hi, Julie. Hi, how are you? Excellent. Thank you so much for taking my call. I have a really silly quick question. I have those big, tall canna lilies, and I don't know where to deadhead them. I don't know if I'm supposed to take the little bulb off with it or the whole stock. Well, you can, you can, cut, the, you can cut them any way you want to. Julie's a real answer. You're not going to hurt them. You, know, you can't really hurt cannas. They have a big tuberous root. And how long have you had them in the ground? Um, about two years now, and they okay. just, I love them. They're amazing, and they're beautiful, but 
you know, I take the flower off and then the little pokey things come off that little pod thing. Uh-huh. And I'm like, am I supposed to take the whole pot off? Yeah, or? just take the whole stalk out. If you'll just thin the stalks out and let them come back out. And then the, the real trick is in January, you can cut them off to the ground. And at that time, if you want to dig out some of the tubers and spread them, give them to friends, put them in pots or throw them away. And if you'll thin the beds every year, you'll have nicer color and better, healthier plants. But yeah, for this time of year, if, if you've got the old ones that are shot, if you just want to cut some out, let new ones regenerate, that's fine. Oh, that's, that's wonderful. I thank you so much for taking the time to answer my question. Have a nice Sunday. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Uh, let's see. Next up, we've got Johnny, then Les, and then we've got three open lines. The number to call, 602-277-5827, 277-KTAR. Good morning, Johnny. Earth to Johnny in Old Town Scottsdale. Come in, Johnny. Maybe Johnny's out talking. Oh, no, this is, uh, Hello? Hold on. Hey, uh, Brian, this is, yeah, this is Tony. Oh, Tony. Okay, we have you down as Johnny, Tony. We'll call you all different kinds yeah, of no things. Yeah, no worries. That, that's all right. That, that's my middle name, Brian. But, hey, I just want to say I love the reference to the plastic explosives from Caddyshack. <laughs> they had it on TV last night. I love that movie. Oh, there, there's just some movies like Caddyshack and Airplane that, that if, if the younger people haven't seen them, they got to watch. I know, right? Hey, uh, so this is an easy one, but uh, so I, in the, I I live by Saguaro High School, Brian, and uh, the the southeast corner of my property, um, it's up against you know up against my six foot wall. I, I'm trying to I'm trying to put some uh, trying to put some kind of a bush in there or bushes rather with color. Um, I, I I put a I put a yellow bell back there. It gets like about. Four hours of sun, but then the rest of the day it's shade. I've got a tree in there, and I've I, I pretty much already killed the yellow bell. I've got a bougainvillea, which is doing fine, but I'd like to put something else back there besides the uh, besides the bougainvillea that will grow. Do you have any recommendations for that for a southeast corner? So it is going to get four hours a day of direct sun, Tony. Uh, it will once the sun get once the sun gets overhead, it will get some sun. Yes. Okay, I'll tell you if you want some fragrance in there. If it's like in a courtyard, you're going to be in. I would plant a Miami Supreme gardenia. In the Miami Supreme okay. Gardenia is a really hardy gardenia. It's grafted to this other rootstock, which is called a Thumbergiana. And so versus our cutting-grown gardenias, which most of them are sold here are, uh, this one's got a lot more salt resistance. It just does really well here in our desert. They've, they even survived okay. people that, that cut them off to the ground in the wintertime, which I had a friend that, I, that they're listening right now. That's just a personal joke. But at any rate, yeah. Hey, Brian, what? what color flower does it's it generate? a white flower but they're really fragrant oh very good okay that's perfect and they'll, and they'll and kind of bloom pretty much that's... all summer okay and i, I uh, so now I, I don't i don't want to plant it now though do i you can yeah you know in that kind of a location okay. you know you can plant one this time the leaves might burn a little bit right at first but then it'll kick in you know gardenias are a fairly tropical heat loving plant so they're not going to really mind the, the heat in there this time of year um just keep it wet okay and it'll and it'll it'll grow up above six feet is that right yeah they'll grow six to eight feet tall all right, unless somebody right, slips hey, no, in there with those big clippers and trims them back down real short. <laughs> no, no, no. no. We, uh, we 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 usually let them go until we have to cut them back a little bit. Okay. Hey, uh, thanks so much, Brian. I'll call you again. Have have a great Sunday. Hey, thanks. Bye, Tony. Uh, let's see. Next up, we're gonna get the right order. Be kind. Less in Phoenix. Hi, Les. 
Hey, Brian. Yeah. Hey, uh, my, my neighbor across the street leaves for a couple of months, and I noticed a couple, some of his, uh, he planted some small oleanders to get them going, and uh, apparently they're on a berm. He didn't have a well, and there's one that, there's a couple that are dying, so I went over and built wells around it. Now, the one I'm asking about is, it's pretty much brown except for the very top leaves are still pale green. Uh, do you think I can save it? I think you probably will, Les. I think what it'll do is it'll probably bud out down below closer to the ground. So it, oh. even that that pale green leaves on top may or may not come back out. But down closer to the ground, if you get water on it, it'll bud out down below and fill right in. Now, how this time of year now, how often should I be filling that well? Well, if he planted a little sure. one gallon out there, and if it sits up on top of a mound, I mean, that's you know that's putting everything through the torture test. But, you know, oleanders are from North Africa in the desert, just like here. And uh, so they're yeah. a pretty darn tough plant. But ideally, you'd water it two or three times a week when it's little like that and kind of weak. Okay. All right. Thank you, sir. No, fertil- no fertilizer. Though. Yeah, a light dose of fertilizer wouldn't hurt. So a little bit if you had Miracle okay. Grower or Peters, one of those water-soluble super bloom, just a light dose of fertilizer, not not a heavy dose, but a little bit, and that would be good. Okay. Thanks, Les. Right, thank you, sir. Bye-bye. Uh, we're going to take a short break. While we're gone, we do have two lines available. The number to call to talk to Ms. Shira is 602-277-5827, 277-KTAR. like the lines are filling up, so we'll get right to the phones. There's one gone, one's available. The number to call, 602-277-5827. 277-KTAR. Peter in Queen Creek, good morning. Hey, how you doing, Brian? Great, Pete. Hey, got a question. Uh, got a lemon lemon tree and a branch uh, probably about three, four inches round. Broke at the Y, so where it splits. Uh, any chance salvaging that or? Well, you're better just to prune it back to prune it back to balance, you know. And even if you'll prune okay. the other side back, um, if it's going to be exposed to a lot of sun this time of year, you'd paint, want to paint it with a tree trunk paint. You could use the white paint, or you could use the uh, you know the stuff that looks like the bark color, the natural tree trunk, you know, citrus colored paint. But I would protect it right away. Just prune the whole thing back and let the tree come back and rebalance. Okay. All right, so there's 
Okay. No chance of, like, shaving that limb or anything like well, that. Well, if it's, it's cracked, I mean, you could leave part of it, but then you're leaving kind of a compromised portion of the tree. And the nice part, Pete, it's a lemon tree, you know. We, we grow thousands of them. I don't know how many thousand. I got probably got 40,000 lemon trees growing or something. And, uh, wow. you know, when we have a problem, we prune them. But, you know, what's funny is, like, in the orchard, we'll have things happen, you know, on a tree. Who knows? It gets hit by the tractor. Something happens, right? The, the ones that get broken off come back in a little better cycle than the other trees, and it never hurts to prune a lemon tree. And my grandfather used okay. to say, the more you prune them, the faster they grow. And I, I think, you know, on a bigger tree, pruning off some broken branches like that, they'll throw out new shoots within weeks and, and, and fill themselves back in. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Okay. All right. Very good. Thank good you, Good luck, sir. Pete. Thanks. Bye-bye. Uh, Margaret and Gilbert. Good morning, Margaret. Hello. Good morning, Brian. Um, we pick up a uh, 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 or a blanco tree from your nursery in Mesa uh, two years ago. But the first year, this tree has at least 10 fruit. Uh-huh. We were surprised. But this year, it only has five. We were gone for two months, you know, from midway to mid-July. Uh-huh. Yeah. So we didn't water at all. Ooh, uh, no, we didn't water. No, no, we didn't water every week. Remember, you you used to tell me to water a deep water every week. week. Uh huh. So yeah, we didn't do that at all. So is that does that have to do with only have five fruit? It could. You know, with most grapefruits and a lot of citrus, especially navels and different things, they drop a lot of fruit in late May and June. Okay, when that oh. weather gets really hot and the trees stress, you know, a tremendous amount, especially on navels and grapefruit, a tremendous amount of the small fruit will fall off. And if it didn't, the trees oh. would collapse because they would produce too much fruit. So it's not a bad thing. Um, so it's not a bad thing. No. But if we water a lot now, that's too late, huh? Well, it's no not going to no have more. any more blooms. No, that, that, we have to wait till next year for more fruit on a grapefruit. But this tree is very funny. It's very short. It never grows. Well, grapefruit, the Oro Blanco grapefruit are going to grow much slower than lemons or limes oh. or tangelos. And the reason oh. why is because they're grown on a Carrizo or sour orange rootstock, which is much slower growing. But if you grew okay. the Oro Blanco grapefruit on the same rootstock, you would even a regular ruby red grapefruit. The fruit quality yeah. wouldn't be good. So they're okay. going to grow. They're going to grow a lot slower than other citrus because of the rootstock that they're on. But they're also going to push produce delicious fruit because of the rootstock that they're on. Okay, but should we water once a week again? To yeah, once, it once, or once, once a week's a great water cycle for the summer for citrus, you know, especially younger okay. ones. And then if you'll okay. fertilize them once a month, that'll help too, Margaret. But it's going oh, to be a much. it's going to be a slower growing tree than a lemon or tangelo or the other varieties. Okay. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Bye bye. Uh, next up, we've got Jackie in Phoenix. Hi, Jackie. Oh, hi, Brian. Um, thanks for your show. I love it. I listen um, whenever I can, and uh, as long as I'm up early enough in the morning. <laughs> but I've <laughs> well, got a, a few <laughs> a few questions. I have a raised bed, um, and I have a lot of cutworms huh. in it. And I wonder if you have any advice on how to get rid of those other than me digging them up and picking them out. Well, what, what are you going to grow in your raised bed? Uh, flowers and vegetables. Okay. 
So you can use you know those grub controls you can use, and they're going to be you know kind of systemic ones that you can put in there, and and basically would okay. drench the bed with those, and they'll work pretty well. Most of them though are going to be longer life with imidacloprid, so we kind of worry about you know those things and interfacing with our vegetables. But you know during this time of year when you'd probably want to solarize and do a dry up before you'd plant a fall garden, uh, now would be the perfect time to treat it and kill them. Okay. Okay. Great. Um, and then, do you have any advice on how to keep the birds and the bunnies away from all of my stuff? Um, they're just so bunnies actually hop up into my raised bed, and, and they'll do some digging in there. Um, and I've tried, I've done some of that, like spray around the bed. Uh-huh. Uh, but I wonder if there's anything else I, I should be trying. And the birds, like with. I planted some seeds a couple weeks ago, and the very next day they dug out all the seeds. And I heard you talk a lot about how everybody's starving right now. So, um, well, you know, really, with, with the seat. birds like that digging out the seeds, you pretty much are going to have to put up some kind of a you know bird netting or screen or something to keep them away. Okay. And a lot of the ones that come, you know, like grackles are really great, and they're so intelligent, you know, and they'll watch you and do everything in the world. They're pretty hard to, to outwit. Now we have some techniques I won't tell you on the air, but but they are they're pretty <laughs> smart guys and. And uh, so yeah. really a, a netting is the best for the birds and it's not bad for the bunnies either. But with the bunnies in the wintertime, you can get even because there's a lot of great Hassenpfeffer, you know, recipes and the cottontails are quite delicious. Gross. Okay. Oh come on! You know, they're part of the world. They're they're you know they're they're kind of like chicken. They just are a little furrier. Okay. Um, and if you don't mind, one last question: Is it okay to give roses a light dose of fertilizer? Yes, right now? it would be. And I'll tell you what kind of seems to help them a little bit is a little extra magnesium this time of year. So okay. you could give them a little like a little tablespoonful of Epsom salt, and uh, that would oh, help. Great. And just a light dose of a balanced fertilizer. Um, but it's really hard because they're stressing. But if they have nothing to eat, they're, they're going to stress even more. So while we look at plants that are burning, we want, don't want to put on too much nitrogen in the summer. If they don't have any fertilizer, they're going to burn worse. So having some fertilizer available, especially the miners. So if you look at something that's fairly high in like zinc, manganese, magnesium, iron, all those kind of things, uh, it's really beneficial for our plants this time of year. Okay. That's the old Great. product, the ironite. The ironite's one that was, you know, pretty good for that. But something that's going to have those uh, those miners and will really help. Okay. Great. Thanks, Brian. I appreciate Th- your thanks, help. Thanks, Jackie. Bye-bye. Bye. Oh, let's see. Next up, we have. It looks like Debbie in Queen Creek. Hi, Debbie. Oh, hi, uh, Brian. I have a couple of questions regarding my pine tree. Mm-hmm. Um, well. This is regarding the pine tree for my rental house in Florence. Mm-hmm. And uh, since I don't live there, I don't go there very often. And there's a property manager that takes care of uh, the, you know, the problems. Mm-hmm. But uh, so there are two houses that I bought about 30 years ago. And when I bought them, they had those, both houses had big, giant pine trees about 30, 40 feet tall. And uh, I don't know how the tenants has been watering them, but 
I imagine when they're that tall, they don't really need to be watered. To see. Well, they do. After you know, and the thing oh, about it is, Debbie, is when the pine trees get big and old like that, you know, the more mass and the more size they have, the more moisture they transpire in the summertime and even in the wintertime. So they don't need to be watered very often, but they need to be watered with a really good deep soaking about once a month in the summertime. And, and, and they even like that water in the wintertime, too. You know, and 30 years ago, we used to have winter rains that would happen every year in December. The storms would come from the north, and we'd get winter rains, you know, and that made a big difference. But as dry as our soil's gotten, and with our lack of rain, they really need that extra water. So, you know, they need to be flooded deep once a month. I see. Okay, now here comes the problem. Uh-huh. Like, I believe last year, I passed by this one house. I noticed this one tree had already died. Uh-huh. Giant beetle. I love that tree. It's so pretty. Okay, and then another house this year I passed by. The big pine tree. Uh-huh. Wait a minute. No, no, no. Last year they told me during the summer storm, the pop, top part had blown off. Okay. And fortunately it didn't line on the house. So I just let it go. And then I passed by there earlier this year. The top of the tree, instead of going up, is crooked to one side. And that's how it's going to grow because it lost its central leader. That's normal. Oh, okay. So I actually probably managed to have somebody take care of you, like, you know, uh-huh. pruners or a rope straight. And so she found somebody who said they will, if there's disease, they want to cut it down. They'll charge me $1,000 to cut it down. So now this question, I don't want to cut it down. What can I do to uh, save it? Well, you know, basically I wouldn't do much other than water at this time of year. Okay, and you don't want to prune the pine tree this time of year because the sap's flowing. So you want to wait and prune it this winter time, and you want to really address whatever you're going to do to fix it in January. But for now, Debbie, they just need a good deep irrigation. I got to let you go because we've got Troy back here with the news, and we'll be right back after the news with the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show. While we're gone, we do have a line open. You can give Shira a call at six zero two two seven seven five eight two seven two seven seven KTR.
Skinnerd, and I just think that it's an iconic song, a great song, and randomly in the mood for it. There's Sarah with little Leonard Skinner, you know? I never knew she was that kind of a party girl until she played that song. She told me she was more of a Western girl, but, you know, you never know. <laughs> anyway, welcome back, folks. Beautiful morning out there. The lines are full. So that means we'll get right to the phones. As one's gone, one will be open. The number to call, 602-277-5827. 277-KTAR. Uh, looks like Erlene and Mesa. Hi, Brian. Good morning. How are you this morning? Excellent. Thank you for asking. Yes, um, I have two, maybe three. I have three huge mesquite trees in my front yard that are giving me headaches. They're beautiful. They give great shade, but they're dropping pods every day, and it makes such a mess I can't keep up with it. Didn't I hear you say something about a spray that will prevent that? Well, I think a small fence and a javelina would be in order. You could just <laughs> pin in a javelina or two. No, you could spray them um, with uh, like Florel in the spring when they have the flowers on them. And you could even spray them with vinegar in the spring when they have flowers on them. And if you can burn those flowers, then you won't have the uh, as many beans. Um, but, you know, that's pretty much what they do. They flower in the spring, usually about March or April. And then they'll have beans this time of year. Right. Um, okay, so Florel. Mm-hmm. And you want to just mark your calendar? Look for the blooms of the mesquite tree for March. And then somewhere in March, early April, whenever they're in bloom, uh, spray them. Okay. Now, these are huge trees. So you'd probably have to get a commercial applicator to come spray them for you with a high-pressure sprayer. But that'll get rid of the, the beans, then? That'll get rid of most of the beans. You'll probably not eliminate all of them, but a lot of them. You know, okay. and mesquites vary a lot. Some mesquites have a lot more beans than others. But, you know, if they're big, beautiful trees and you don't want to have the litter, if you'll spray them every year in March uh, when they're in bloom, um, then you'll you know knock out a big percentage of the litter. Okay. Well, you've made my day. Well, have fun. Bye-bye. You have a great day. Bye-bye. Gloria and Mesa. Good morning, Gloria. Good morning. How are you, Brian? (laughs) Great. Thanks for asking me. Good. Thank you. Um, So um, I've got a couple questions uh, for the 1,000th time. Our ficus trees should get how many gallons? A week or an application? Well, ficus trees are very hardy, you know, and they're fairly drought tolerant when they're established. They don't have to have a tremendous amount of water. So there's not really a rule of thumb that says you have to put this much on them how often. Uh, Depends a lot on your soil. Where you're located in Mesa, Gloria? We're uh, just uh, west of the Apache Junction line. Okay. Um, so, you know, as you get in there, some of that soil's got some really kind of relatively heavy clay in it, so it retains yeah. a lot of water. So in that type of soil, uh, you could water them easily on a mature tree once every two weeks and, and maintain them and have them be healthy. You know, and at a certain mm-hmm. advantage, you know, that would be something that would be good because you probably don't want them to get so large and grow so fast. Now, this wouldn't be a very good time of year to change a tree cycle on it, so you don't want to play with it this time of year if it's a big tree and it's used to have more water because it's going to go, oh, what happened to me? So, you know, you can't really let it down right now. So whatever kind of process you've been watering with for now, I would stay fairly similar. You know, you could probably go down to as infrequent as once a week this time of year on a big ficus and still have it be really healthy. But, you know, you can... 
Go ahead. Like 60 gallons of water well, at once de- a week? Well, it depends on how big in diameter the trunk is and how big the tree is. So it's okay. going to transpire moisture depending on how big the top is. So, you know, we have a ficus tree that we planted at our nursery, Glendale Avenue, in 1979 that's probably 60 by 60, 60 feet tall and 60 feet wide. You know, and that tree, um, you know, it'll drink a lot of water because of its mass and its size. You know, and when we water it, we try to water it pretty deep. And now it waters underneath the concrete. And it's it's kind of a cool tree. But at any rate, you know, when you water it, you want to water it deep because you want to push the salts down and the water out away from the trunk. And uh, how large is the diameter of the trunk of your tree? Uh, I'd say uh, six, four. four to six inches. Four to six inches. So, yeah, in a tree that yeah. size, 60 to 100 gallons, do you want it to grow fast and get bigger? Yes, we do. Okay. Well, then you can water it more. So then what I would do is I'd water it once a week, and I'd give it probably 120 gallons of water and probably okay. even a light dose of fertilizer right now. And that'll make a huge difference in how fast it grows. Okay. And so, well, the, our problem was that we um, noticed that one of our uh, solenoids was wrong on our drip system. Uh-huh. So it it spent I don't know how long without any water at all. And okay. it's pretty common for their leaves to, to get brown on the edge and, and kind of get yellowish. Uh-huh. I mean, it's still got a lot of life in it, but that's common, right? Yeah, that's very common. You know, when, when ficus are big and they're real happy <laughs> and then they're underwater and it's real hot and dry, for them to sizzle and burn on the outside to the point where even the leaves are brown and on the ends and half green, half brown, that's very normal. If you'll give it a good deep irrigation one day, then come back with a light dose of fertilizer, then come back and water it again, it'll pop new leaves out this time of year right away. Can I put the tipu on the same watering system? Absolutely. And, you know, and the key to watering, that's why we don't really want to water more than once a week, because we want to water deep so that our roots are down deep on our plants and they're healthier. So we want to water uh-huh. like once a week and let the top, you know, foot or so dry out, and then again once a week. But the tipu and the ficus are identical in their water needs. Okay. And one other thing, I have three, um, I had three Texas uh, sage uh-huh. little bushes. And they were doing wonderfully. And unfortunately, I planted in that same spot three bushes three times. So I've lost nine plants now. And um, so I dug them up today. The second time, I, or the third time, I put in um, the stuff for the worms, you know, that are eating the roots. And so that took care of that. But then um, they started dying again, and I thought it was the water issue, uh-huh. and it wasn't. So I pulled them out, and five worms came out. <laughs> well, you're feeding a lot of critters there, huh? Well, you know, they can get they can get root rot, too. So, But if you've got a grub that's feeding on them, you're going to have to get some grub control and put in there and drench the hole. And those are going to be systemic. So you'll get some time out of it. You can do it once, you know, maybe a quarter, and it should work fine, Gloria. Could those possibly move on to the honeysuckle as well? Well, I'm not sure what kind of grubs, but yeah, if they're feeding on roots and if they're an insect, they'll they'll eat roots for a lot of different things. Okay, because they're, they're not bothering my bottle brush, but yet they just seem to love that uh, Texas thing. Well, some people like fish, some like steak. You know, what can I tell you? Oh. <laughs> hey, Gloria, have a nice weekend. Thank you. You too. Bye-bye. Thanks for the call. Uh, thanks for answering. <laughs> Bye-bye. Bye. Uh, Julie up in Wickenburg. Good morning, Julie. Good morning, Brian. How are you? Great. Good. Hey, I have a question about my cacti. Mm-hmm. I noticed that a lot of different species are turning that um, yellowish green color. Mm-hmm. Right. And and um, I'm I'm wondering why. Not enough and monsoon. You need to go out and get your gear on and do a nice dance, a rain dance tonight. 
And if you can catch it, you know, the moon's still fairly full. And if you can get the right rain dance in there, you get some rain up there in Wickenburg, which Wickenburg can get a lot of rain, uh, they'll green right up. If not, what you need yeah. to do is give them a little water. Yeah, it's just it's just the heat stress and it's a little burn from the, the hot weather. If you catch one good monsoon, it'll clear it up. You know, if you get a two-inch rain up there, boom, they'll turn green again. If not, you might want to water Because I have, a, I have like a four-foot cordon mm-hmm. that's got three arms. And okay. at the very tip of all three arms, mm-hmm. it's turning yellow. Well, you know, like, they'll, they'll stress and burn. At the top, it's going to get the most sun all day long. So that's where right. it's going to turn yellow first or usually on the west side. But are, are you watering them, Julie? Mm-hmm. Earth to Julie. Yes. Yeah, are you watering your cordon? Uh, yes, I am. Okay. So they don't want to stay wet either. So it should be watered about once a week. Right. Okay. okay. No, no more than that. And uh, But it's just the heat and the intense, you know, sun. You know, we have more lumens here and more more light and more heat than most places on Earth. And uh, our bright light is part of what the problem is, but it's also the, the heat itself. But, you know, don't overwater them. Don't keep it wet. you got a lot of dry out. But yeah. you can water them once a week yeah. and they'll be happy. And you can even give them a light dose of fertilizer this time of year. Okay. That's okay. what I did last week. Okay, perfect. Thanks, Thank Julie. You, Brian. Have a nice Sunday. Bye-bye. Bye. Oh, we're going to take a short break. Well, we're gone. We do have three lines available. You can give Shira a call at 602-277-5827-277. He turned 35 last Sunday. And his hair he found some gray. But he still ain't changed his lifestyle He likes it better the old way So he grows a little garden In the backyard by the fence He's consuming what he's growing Nowadays in self-defense He gets out there in the twilight zone sometimes But it just don't make no sense he gets off on country music Cause disco left him cold He's got young friends and a new way But he's just too freaking old And he dreams at night of Woodstock And the day John Lennon died how the music made him happy And the silence made him cry Yeah, he thinks of John sometimes And he has to wonder why Cause he's an old hippie And he don't know what to do Should he hang on to the old Should he grab on to the new He's an old hippie This new life is just a bust he ain't trying to change nobody, he's just trying real hard to adjust. Well, you know, the, the hippies are getting older. Can you believe an old hippie song when he was 35? Wow, folks, you know, that's even older. Well, not as old as Whitfield Nursery. Yeah, my cousins that were in Vietnam, they're a little older than I am, but not much. 
Anyway, welcome back, folks. Beautiful uh, Sunday morning here. I want to take a minute and invite you out to Whitfields. At Whitfields, we grow trees. Started back in the 40s and continuing today for four generations. If you need trees, any kind, any size, delivered, planted, and guaranteed. Yes, we're licensed, bonded, and insured. We can plant trees from 15 gallons to 72-inch box. We have thousands to choose from. Got kind of a special deal for you this week. We've got some lemons that are taken out of our grove, and these are really kind of cool lemons. We call them Sinsamia Sinfruta. They were fruitless lemons that all of a sudden, well, they are kind of semi-fruitless, but they were supposed to be seedless, but they tended up not having as much fruit. So if you want a really green, pretty shade tree that has a few lemons for a little color, but doesn't have a huge crop of lemons, uh, we got a special deal on these guys of 48-inch boxes, you know, basically going to be $1,500 delivered, planted, and guaranteed as long as we can get them into your yard. And uh, these are trees that are coming out of our grove. They're beautiful trees. If you need them for a development uh, and you need 500 or 1,000 of them, hey, we got lots of trees at Whitfields. We have all kinds of things. Mule palms. We have date palms, Mexican fan palms, beautiful citrus trees of all kinds. And we have lots of uh, traditional desert trees, things like um, mesquites and ironwoods and palo verdes. We even have an American mesquites. And we have a beautiful olive called a Swan Hill with no olives on it. We have three stores here in town. The original at 824 East Glendale and East Valley Cooper, the same as Stapley in Guadalupe, or 2647 East Southern Avenue, Southern Avenue, straight south of the Sky Harbor Airport. And Monday through Saturdays, you can go to our big tree farm in Stanfield. That's Stanfield Road, just south of Interstate 8. Woodfield Nursery for four generations, growing trees here for Arizona's future. Looks like the lines are full. We'll get right to the phones. Donna in Peoria, good morning. Uh, good morning, Brian. Um, I have a question. I, of course, I have a ficus that I bought about 30 years ago. It was in a small pot, and I decided to transplant it in a bigger pot, put it outside. It did okay in the sun. I finally had to pull it under the patio. It's grown so much, it's broken its pot, which is probably 20 inches across, mm-hmm. and it's about 8 feet tall. Can I just, I don't know, I don't want to really put it in the ground because it doesn't seem to like the heat very well for some reason. Well, if you put um, it in the ground, it'll go crazy and get really big. I mean, it sounds like it's your friend yeah. and you like to keep it in captivity. Yeah, that's kind of what I'd like <laughs> to do just to keep it. It's well, if you want to maintain it in captivity, a long, long time. you could just get a new pot. Okay. And even yeah. if you have to prune the roots back some to fit into your new container, it'll be fine. Oh, uh, okay. And if you're going to transplant oh, it in a patio, okay. this is a great time of year to transplant uh-huh. ficus. They really like the heat. All right. And especially now with the humidity, just get a new pot, transplant it. If you have to cut the roots back okay. some to transplant, that's fine. There's a product called Super Thrive. Okay. Yeah, Super Thrive you can buy anywhere. Put some Super Thrive oh. on it and repot it, and it'll pop right back out. If you're going to prune the roots on the that bottom, prune great. the top on the the top of it back a little bit as well. Yeah, well, I've done that. I've I've pruned the top back, and one time it did so well, and it was out in the sun. It flowered, and it was beautiful. So it's pretty amazing. But I just the big question was, can I can I transplant it now into another pot? So great, you answer. Great time that. to so transplant. I appreciate it. Thank you, Don. Thank you so much, Brian. Have a great day. You too. Happy weekend. Bye bye. Okay. Robbie in Phoenix. Good morning, Robbie. Robbie, Earth to Robbie. Come in, Robbie. Yes, good morning, Brian. How are you? Uh, I I have a Dalbergio Sassu tree, uh-huh. and it's fairly large. And I've discovered that there's a leak uh, from an irrigation line that's really close. And it looks like it's perhaps from the city, like the city water. Uh-huh. Um, 
Is that a problem for the Delbergio Sassu tree to, to receive that much water on a regular basis where it's just constantly wet on one side of the tree? It's going to think it's by a stream bed over there in India somewhere and be really happy. It would be nice for the city <laughs> to fix their leak, but as far as the tree goes, it's going to make the tree unhappy. You know, it's sitting out there by the river and the stream bed. It's probably got some Jonas Joplin music going, you know. Maybe it's down by the lazy river or something, you know. But anyway, no, the water is going to be very beneficial for the tree. And if it's a permanent leak, it's, it's not going to hurt the tree. But it certainly is wasteful for water. So if there's a leak, you probably want to get it fixed. Uh, and okay. the tree will suffer a little bit. So, But, it, you know, it's just, it's just a leak. And, and it's, you know, where there's a, a constant source of water like that out by it, it'll just make it happier and grow faster. Okay, and then you had a caller earlier in regards to the mesquite pods uh-huh. and spraying. I think you said it was the Florel. Uh-huh. Can I spray that on a ficus nitida to keep those little berries? No, from it producing? doesn't really work as well on ficus because of their, their type of flower that they have. Um, you okay. know, it'll work on most regular flowering trees, but ficus or figs and their flower cycles kind of different. It may work some, but I, I wouldn't think it'd work as well. What it's commonly used for, you know, is olives especially. But um, okay. But worth a try. Hey, if you, if you try it and it works, let us know, you know. Okay. And I've got a sago that you had suggested that I could transplant into a pot, and uh-huh. I'm, it's doing well, but it's in full sun, uh-huh. and it's the second season in full sun, and I've been watering it every day. Should I cut back on my water? That's it's too much water. Yellow a little well, bit. it's turning yellow because of the sun, but too much water at some point will kill it. So it, does, it doesn't want to be watered every day. You know, sagos are exceedingly drought-tolerant plants when they're established. So I would water it once or twice a week at the most, and uh, it'll be fine. But the yellow is just sunburn. We've got a bunch of them that we uprooted and moved this year, and I haven't got them under the shade. I've been a little remiss, and and they're pretty Mm -hmm. golden right now, too. But, you know, I won't lose any of them. Okay. Will those leaves turn back to green, or will they— They'll turn back to green in the fall. Okay, and then last question, I've got potatoes that have come up and the, the tops have died off and I've just left them in the ground fallow. Uh-huh. I haven't watered the bed. Uh, can I dig them up now or can I just leave them in the soil and, and store them in the soil that way? Well, I think you'd be or better to harvest them right now. They're probably rot in the soil. Um, but, yeah, pull them out and see what they look like. Now, you know, they're, they're still harvesting potatoes. They're just finishing the harvest, you know, on the potatoes, like down in the auction reservation. So they do grow potatoes okay. into this time of year. But um, I, I would think if you leave them for the summer, they're not going to fare well. Okay. Thank you for your advice. Thanks, Robbie. Bye-bye. Uh, let's see. Randy in Central Phoenix. Good morning, Randy. Hey, my man. What's going on? Oh, I'll I tell you what. A... Hold on, Randy. I'll tell you what's going on. <laughs> I wasn't paying attention, and I got to say goodbye. Uh, I'll take over. Uh, Randy, I'll take you off the air. Appreciate all the calls, folks. Have a good day. Love each other. Be kind to the friends that you disagree with, and remember that Americans, that there's a country full of diversity. That's what makes us strong. Talk to you next Sunday. I got to go. I'm late.